0: reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up, and he saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them, and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread, that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour. Knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree while they ate they said to him where is your wife Sarah and he said there in the tent and then one said I will surely return to you in due season and your wife Sarah shall have a son Word of God. God.
1: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. As Jesus and his disciples went on their way, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her, tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: Praise to you, Lord Christ. So my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable unto you, Lord our strength and redeemer. Amen. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The passage of the gospel is very strong and speaks to an issue that I want to address coming round about another way. Sheila and I have had the delightful opportunity to have all seven of our grandchildren visit from June, and currently we have two remaining with us till the end of August. Now, I don't know about you, but grandchildren to me are a great joy. I found that in every opportunity I've had to be with them, that I've always learned new something new, seen the eyes through a very different perspective and had this opportunity to find a sense of joy in the most significant ways deep in the core of each one of them. We started off with our grandson, Dylan. Then soon arrived my son with his, our granddaughter, Gianna. Shortly after that, Catherine arrived from London with our two grandsons, Connor and Ryan. Then we took a little jaunt up to Chico, where we met our other grandchildren, Emily, Olivia, and Jackson. And they all returned to our house. We have a two-bedroom condo, (laughs) fortunately with two and a half baths. And for a couple of nights, we had an insurgence of children in our living room taking over an inflatable queen size and our pull-out couch, which is queen size. And they had a great delight in camping out at Grandma and Grandpa's. It was really a great sense of joy to see them and how they interrelate. Even our four-year-old granddaughter, Gianna, was just flirtatious and had a wonderful opportunity to meet her cousins, which she hadn't really seen in some time. And they each spoiled her rotten. And I found that it was just this wonderful sense of vitality in the house. Being a grandparent has taught me many things. However, also I found that when all everyone left and our two grandsons remained with us in time things started to shift for me and I went from being a grandparent who is an observer and supporter of all these wonderful things to sort of my parental tapes from long ago about you ought to get up before 12 o'clock <laughs> it is no longer morning it is half the day and it's gone All of these things about what they should be doing, what they ought to do, how they ought to be. And I kept thinking to myself, where on earth have I heard these things before? I resented it when my parents did this to me, and I don't blame them for resenting me doing it to them. My mother had this great phrase. It was constantly brought forward. Just don't stand there. Do something. Well, shortly, having heard it enough times and with my younger brother and sister being berated often about it, I learned how to do things. I busied myself doing all kinds of things so that I didn't have to get the comment directed to me about not doing anything. As I got involved in sports, I found out that winners never quit and quitters never win. Do something, be active, be aggressive, take it on. So here are my two grandsons enjoying the lap of luxury from my perspective and relaxing and having a good time. And all of a sudden, all of this turmoil from my past came up, but they ought to be doing something. They ought to be sincere about committing themselves to something. And I went to this whole parental side, which I found to be very difficult because I kept seeing my parents in me and all those things that were difficult for me as a child because my mother thought I was too much of a dreamer, that I ought to be doing something concrete. And I remember getting out of the house to do something. I played in the sandbox for hours with the neighbors. I created worlds of different things, and I loved driving the the dump trucks because our next door neighbor had a dump truck company, and I used to ride with the the guys who were driving trucks, dumping soil and stuff like that. I had a great time, but it was all this world of play. Well, here's my two grandsons sitting there, no world of play, but they had found programs on our TV that were absolutely absurd. I was trying to work on my computer, and I'm hearing this million-dollar, uh, yeah, I forgot what they call Oh, he made a million dollars inventing duck calls. <laughs> and they were going to go duck hunting. And I'm thinking, what on earth is happening here? And as I would go to address it, I'd hear my parents willing up inside of me, let's do something productive. <laughs> Reflecting on this, and then getting the passage, Martha, with all these things she had to do. And when her sister Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, lapping up the ability to hear what the stories were and the commitment of faith, Martha went ballistic. Do something. Jesus, have her do something. Jim Wright was over the other day and he noticed on our refrigerator one of our little magnets, and it has beautiful bright colors. Jesus is coming. Look busy. (laughs) I got the magnet because I realized that this was so funny because it's basically what I was ingrained with as a child, that I had to look busy. But I did not necessarily have the ability to touch back, think, and be with myself. When I started preparing the sermon, I'm looking at my grandsons and going, what am I going to do? All of a sudden, it dawned me that they're making a transition coming back from London to here. They're moving back to the States. They both know some people here, but not a whole lot of people here. Their parents are both in England trying to make everything, putting everything together for the move here. Instead of worrying about what they were doing, I never paid attention to where they were in terms of the separation, in terms of the uncertainty, in terms of all of those things as a child when fear comes up, when there's transitions going on they're absorbed right now with things to mollify to sort of numb that transition. And of course I wanted to charge in and say let's get going, let's do this, let's do that, let's be creative, let's get something done which never address the soul and the frustrations that they're facing. From all the joy of being a grandparent and thinking that I was fairly good as a grandparent, I suddenly realized how disjointed and how easy it is to go back to the tradition of having to do something, to being a Martha. If I'm not busy doing something, I'm wasting time. What I did find over the number of years in a lot of therapy. I was doing all kinds of things, but I didn't really have a chance to know myself, to know my limits, to know when I was in fact sad, to know when I was in fact angry. All of this doing was my ability to numb out and become disjointed from who I really was. It's not that my parents willfully wanted that to occur. They were doing the best they could given the circumstances and history that they had. When I look at their parents, they were busy bodies. They did a lot of things. There wasn't time to sit back and reflect. Fortunately, I had in my life some people who were teachers who allowed me the chance to explore what I was thinking and feeling, to open my mind and heart to the ability of maybe I don't have to do something, but I can ponder, I can take it in, I can need it as bread in my soul so that I can begin to do something not because it's important to be busy, not because Jesus is coming and I have to look busy, but rather that I was able to involve myself with my own spirit and soul. I know now that as I deal with Connor and Ryan in our house, that I have to hear where they're coming from. I have to sit there and embrace their fears and their anxieties about all these transitions that two young gentlemen are going through. I have to be able to get past my own push to be busy, to hear where they are and what their ideas of how they want to unfold and how they want to develop their lives and how they want to make new connections here. <clears throat> Mary was sitting at the foot of Jesus, listening to how to nurture her soul, All of us have been trained more and more to be Marthas, to do the busy work, to do the chores, to do the tasks. But we need to attend to the soul. We need to come back to our core. And it's as we are able to give ourselves space that, oddly enough, we give space to others to do the same. I needed to pull back, to own what was going on for me, that it was, in fact, a history that I had adopted that made sense at that time. And then to separate it out and say, I don't need to tell my grandsons to do the same kinds of things I was told, but rather I need to hear them listen to them, hear their pain, their fears and frustrations. And also in that, then find the joy and the hopefulness that they truly have as a part of their guarantee in life with their family. Jesus is coming. Don't look busy. Be aware of your heart and soul.